0: And now, here's your host, Seth Green.
1: Today I am here with Dr. Kevin Augustine. Kevin, Dr. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. look forward to it. Uh, my pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit and let's talk about how you got started
2: yeah well um you know as you know and we'll explain a little bit a little bit of my story. I was traditionally trained as a chiropractor, graduated back in uh you know december of ninety seven and started doing the chiropractic thing and um you know had great results but what i you know typically found with a lot of people that um with with chiropractic, again, they were helped, but I was kind of hitting a brick wall there was something missing there was a missing piece, and um one of the pieces that was missing was uh what I like to call a metabolic component and nutritional component of things, um, mainly from people just not eating the way they should be and just the uh, food sources that are out there, um, just, you know, the quality
1: of them just really isn't as good. So that inhibited people from really getting better. And what inspired you in the beginning to become a chiropractor? Well,
2: one of the big things was I was in a, involved in a pretty severe car accident. Um, I was in high school at the time, um Got in a bad car and had like 30-something stitches all up in my forehead and banged up pretty bad. And my dad took me to um, a chiropractor that he was seeing, and I really liked it. I enjoyed it. It um, really helped me out. I said, hey, I want to do this. This was, I think, right around my sophomore year in high school. But um, I got some information sent to me, started reading about it, and I saw that you had to take organic chemistry. and if anybody in the medical profession knows, that's kind of a weed-out course. It's one of the toughest ones. And I'm like, I am not taking organic chemistry. There's no way. So I proceeded through, you know, graduated high school, went to UB, and uh, was going to go be a physical therapist. So I said, yeah, I'll do that. One of my best friends was going to go into physical therapy. Had a solid B-plus uh, average, like around 89 or so, and uh, I didn't get in. It was devastating for me. You know, I had my goals and heart and dreams set on that, wanting to help people out. And I didn't get in, so I said, "Hey, okay, I'll try another year." So I stayed there another year, went through the whole thing again, took some more classes, applied again. Again, solid B plus average, still didn't get in. Man, I was disappointed. But through all this going on, in my mind, I kept thinking about chiropractic. Maybe I should go into that. But then or, or, that organic chemistry, you know, kept me uh, kept me out of the out of the picture until one day I said, "Hey, I got to follow my dreams." I got to do what I want to do, which was chiropractic, and I decided to go forward with taking that organic chemistry class and uh, proceed to get an A in the class.
1: (laughs) That is incredible. And then from there?
2: Well, from there, um, then I went to chiropractic school, uh, New York Chiropractic College out in Seneca Falls, New York. I graduated again December '97. And been in my work for somebody for one year, and then decided to open up my own practice, and have been uh, been doing that for for ever since.
1: That is an incredible journey, and you've obviously had quite a little bit of success and transition along the way. I know that now you are have developed a incredible program for folks who are to live well after cancer can you talk us a little bit about the origins of that yeah yeah and that's a, a little bit of a jump there, going from chiropractic to helping people with, with cancer uh, i but... apologize <laughs> you're right i skipped a few years let's go from uh, chiropractic to um being a doctor of pastoral medicine and that journey
2: yeah i mean so basically as i was mentioning before it did the chiropractic thing felt something was missing that missing piece um, which kind of transitioned me into uh, a little bit more nutritional base and doing functional medicine. But what I found out with that is, yeah, it helped people. We had people on lots of nutrition. But when they got off the nutrition, they went right back to feeling where they were before um, or very close to it, to a point where it made me uncomfortable um, in recommending that because I knew as soon as they got off of it, they are going to go right back. So, I, again, I was still mi- missing something. Um, I guess one of my goals um, in graduating and helping people is really finding the root cause of the problem and always asking myself, hey, are we going deep enough? Are we finding the true cause of the problem? Well, you can say that about, you know, medications yeah, they are covering up the symptoms. You can say the same thing about um, uh, supplements, for that matter. There are a lot of people that see stuff on TV or recommended by gurus, take this for energy, take this for thyroid problems, take this for if you have cancer. And it's the same thing. You cover. You may benefit a little bit, but it's not personalized. It's not specific to the you know to the issue, which led me into developing um, some testing. Again, this is all over years. We're uh, circumventing many years, led me to developing um, a specialized test called a DNA U print. Um, we, we use this with a lot of um, cancer patients that I see. Again, I'm not seeing them to make that diagnosis, but these are people that have already been diagnosed with cancer. That's important to know. I'm not making that diagnosis. But they come looking for answers and seeking help, um, looking for some reason why. why. Why do I have cancer? They usually talk to their oncologist, their medical doctors, um, and that's a, a question that they, most people have is, why do I have this? Unfortunately, they usually get a pretty lame excuse or answer to, you know, hey, it's genetic, uh, you know, you couldn't do anything about it, or we don't know why. Nobody really, really knows or dives down deeper. So this DNA Uprint um, that I created, again, over several years in uh, frustration um, of dealing with uh, different alternatives that, that we past talked about, this test, is, it's non-invasive, And it looks at the different systems of the body um, rather than just concentrating on the one or two symptoms, you know, that a patient comes in with. The other key thing about the test is it really shows the priority of what's going on in the body and what area needs to be treated first. And, you know, probably the best way I could describe it to you is like a combination lock. You know, you can have two numbers, right, but that still doesn't open that lock. And so if you liken your health to that lock, you may be doing some great, great things to help your symptoms, but not doing them in the correct order is only going to lead to really unnecessary frustration. So that DNA print gets to the root cause of the problem by showing what's causing the problem in the first place. And, you know, everybody's health is way too important to be guessing about. So even with common testing like blood work, it really doesn't reveal the why, you know, you're having your symptoms. So with the DNA print, you can now understand the need for that to find out and get the answers that, you know, people need to get results that, that last.
1: That is absolutely incredible. And then... That is impossible. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. But I want a DNA blueprint. Sounds, I mean, that sounds great. Even if you're not having health issues, obviously it could identify, probably help you identify things before they start or Good. make sure that you get your body, even if you feel fine now, to its optimal level of health and wellness so that you are able to maintain, you know, the lifestyle that you want, I would guess. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, most of my practice consists of now
2: um, of people that have chronic issues, people that have been to lots of doctors, lots of specialists, Mayo clinics, um, all over the place, seeking an answer for, you know, what their problem really is. Most of them are on medications. Um, They're taking them, but yet they still feel no different. Maybe they've had blood work done and the doctor says, hey, everything's normal, yet the patient knows something's going on um, internally that they're just not right. They don't feel themselves. So that's how we usually kind of get funneled in uh, people that are uh, either find us on the internet or re- through referral and things like that. Um, people that are frustrated and they just they just want to get better. That's the that's the bottom line. And they've been through the system, what I like to call the medical merry-go-round, going from one specialist to another specialist to another specialist with you know different drugs along the
1: stop along along the way. Absolutely, and how did that evolve into the Living Well After Cancer program?
2: Yeah, so one of the things with the Living Well After Cancer program that I developed was actually a personal story. and I shared a little bit about this in, in my book, Living Well After Cancer, is my mom was actually diagnosed with, with breast cancer. This was a couple of years back. Um, I've always had an interest in it, and it piqued my interest, just because when you look at cancer and the different treatments that are out there, it's frustrating to me that there hasn't been a real, real answer found yet. Um, a lot of the drugs that are being used are the same drugs that they used in the 1970s. Yes, they might have a different name on them, um, but essentially it's the same mechanism behind it. So with with my mom, again, she was diagnosed with with breast cancer, and she was confused. At first, it's a shock. When, everybody, when anybody hears the word cancer or you have cancer, they automatically go into that reactive mode and kind of isolate and, um, you know, start to really think about their life. And for my mom anyway, speaking from her experience, um, that was definitely her. Um, in, in the past few years, I, you know, I was talking to her about different things she, she can do to change her lifestyle, um, whether it's eating, food sensitivities, and she would listen, um, being that she's my mom, <laughs> but she didn't really um, follow through on any of those until the day that she was diagnosed with cancer. So now we had this talk, and, of course, I listened to her. And we, you know, she shared her story as far as you know, what the doctor said. And um, from that point, I made some recommendations for her. And excitingly, she actually she listened this time. <laughs> it's kind of like, our, you know, reverse. Back when I was a teenager, I didn't listen now. You know, being whatever age she is, she didn't want to listen to me. <laughs> so... Through all that, um, I just saw her actually just a couple days ago with the holidays here. She has now lost up to I believe 39 pounds. Uh, she's lost. Wow. she's looked like she's gone back like 10 to 12 years in age. Her skin looks phenomenal. She has more energy than she's ever had, and she she's doing wonderful. So it, it's it. really exciting for you know for me to see that for anybody, let alone you know my mother, which
1: has really inspired me to share this with other people. Absolutely. What an incredible story and so gratifying that you were able to help your mom to feel better and now are helping others to feel better. Um, What are, with all the success you've achieved in the launch of this program and the way you're helping people, what would you say your biggest challenge is is now? Well, the biggest challenge is um,
2: getting people to uh, see a different light, you know, because most people, again, they go to the doctor, they have some type of symptoms that that's abnormal. They go to their general primary doctor, and maybe they get some testing done, MRIs or blood work, whatnot. Shows up abnormal. They've been told they have cancer. You know, they typically go the the normal route: chemo, radiation, typically, or some type of drugs. um, with that, and that's that's okay. Again, everything is a personal choice. You will not find me um, slamming down people's throats saying you got to do it this way. Um, again, we'll give them some some things that they can do, um, some conversations that they can have with their doctor if that's the you know a certain direction they want to go. Um, but the biggest challenge is again opening people's eyes to some other avenues that are out there. They can benefit them whether they're just going through cancer or even after and. I want to just take a little bit longer um, approach to, to this because this is absolutely key. When people are diagnosed with cancer and they go through all the treatment, oftentimes, again, in my opinion, is the ball is dropped because they're pretty much you know, left alone. Maybe they get a yearly checkup or six months and it gets extended out and out, but there's still things that they can do, and they're often not told about them, um, which can lead to you know, further issues down the road. And that's what, you know, that's what I don't like seeing with people. They can they can benefit from further information um, to build up their immune system, keep it strong, and so they can keep an active, healthy, you know, lifestyle and do what they want to do.
1: That makes a ton of sense. With all of the information that you must get inundated with on a daily basis in terms of, like, the trends in, uh, health and wellness, the trends in cancer care, latest drugs coming out, treatment protocols. How do you stay on top of it all?
2: Well, number one, it, it, through my book, uh, I think people will get a sense of how you stay on top of it. Number one, n- not one person can know it all. Okay, that's number number one. Number two, you've got to be willing to, to reach out for, for some help, uh, for questions. And that's really what my book is all about. We've taken... A lot of the top experts throughout the country, um, we've had conversations with them, not only as providers, but um, with providers and patients. What do they hear patients coming in with? What types of questions do they get most often? And then asking them, right, hey, what do you recommend so people can live well after cancer? So th- that I would say putting a team together, um, a team
1: approach to get people better faster. That makes uh, a, a, a lot of sense and obviously would help keep you on the uh, cutting edge, for lack of a better term. Um, what are three of the best books you've ever read that have had the most impact on your work?
2: Well, I wouldn't say, I don't necessarily remember the, the books, but I, I would say, obviously, the, the, um, one of the key tenets for for me is my uh, background as far as being a Christian so, you know, where where do you put your hope? And this is absolutely, in fact, in my book we, we talked to a couple of people that this is primarily what they talk about, more the spiritual component of their, you know, of their health. So, again, when relating this back to when people are, are being diagnosed with, with cancer, they're often asking those questions about the, the end of life, what happens. And, th- and those are conversations that we have um, in my office um, a lot of times again if people are open to it, we have an opportunity to um pray with them, to uh you know, give them stuff, um if they are if they don't really have a um you know sense of a religious background so to say. Um, who are they putting their hope in? And you know, that's an, an important thing. Again, I have my own opinions on that and everybody has their own, but they have to come to that um, conclusion of what's gonna ha- you know, what's gonna potentially happen or what could happen, um, you know, if they if cancer does at some point take their life. So uh, any books that you know re- relate to that and and uh you know for them to get more clarity about the spiritual aspect of, of health. Um a second one again going more um, from a bigger category standpoint would be uh lifestyle changes. And the, again we get into this way more into our program but to share with some of the people, four of the biggest food sensitivities that I see in my office are gluten sensitivities, dairy, yeast, and soy. Those are the biggest ones that I see that can have an adverse effect on somebody's immune system. So reading, you know, reading books again, there's some garbage out there, so to speak. But um, you know, when we work with people, um, we'll have them write down our five-day food diary. We'll have them. We'll do some food sensitivity testing. To allow them to see a clear picture on what they can do themselves to, to, make, those, to make those changes. And then the, the last category, um, something that I was just reading just recently, would be um, more of a, a, a goal setting. Uh, what, what, can, what, what, can they, what can people do to, again, live life after cancer? What do they want to you know, leave behind as far as a, a, a legacy? how can they implement that into their life on a, on a daily basis or plan for it in a fun way, not just, uh, you know, write down everything, but in a fun way to hold them accountable to get things done that they that they want to get done, not just uh, hope and pray, oh, I think I'm going to do this or I'm going to take some vacations. I'm going uh, to, one lady I talks. to put in a swimming pool and as soon as she found out in her backyard and, uh, you know, enjoyed her, her family with her pool, um, she's, she's still living after many bouts of cancer. So, those types of things, different goal settings, being um, having gratitude each and every day, and, and being able to um, really put it in writing, because I think we all think of those things, especially, again, around the holidays, whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, family. We tend to think of those things, but the day-to-day living, what are we truly grateful
1: for? So those would be my, my three big categories. Great categories, fascinating interview where can our audience go to learn more about you and the living well after cancer book sure two um two different ways number one um
2: you can either call our office we're based right here in grand island new york which is a suburb of buffalo and the phone number is 716-773-4707 and one of our new patient coordinators can kindly take your your call or uh, get you in touch with our book living well after cancer The second way would be to uh, go to our website, livingwellaftercancer.org, and
1: uh, they can find more information there. All right. This has been Seth Green with Dr. Kevin Augustine. Dr. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. Everybody, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Dr. Kevin, thanks again. You got it. Have a great day. See you, Seth. Thanks, everybody.